Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, host of Blatant Homers and Podcasts, part of Crimson and Cream Machine on the SB Nation Network of Podcasts. Uh, if you're an Oklahoma Sooners fan, you probably know that uh, former coach Bob Stoops now has a new memoir out. It's titled No Excuses, The Making of a Head Coach. Next year, Stoops is going to be taking over as head coach of the Dallas Renegades, a new franchise in the inaugural season of the XFL. Coach Stoops is joining us today to talk a little bit about his new venture, the book, and his other thoughts on the coaching profession right now. Let's go ahead and welcome him on. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, hey, I got to ask, first of all, you know, this is uh, Bob Seeger's uh, final tour, it sounds like. Uh, have you been able to make it out to any shows yet? Uh, well, I, the, the, I, I saw him like a year ago, or the last time he was out, so... Uh, I've got to look at it, though. I've got to look at the schedule. If he's uh, going to be anywhere close, i got to go find him. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I saw him a couple months back, man. It was a real real good time, real good time. So uh, reading through your book, uh, you know, No Excuses, uh, The Making of a Head Coach, I'm wondering, you know, it sounded pretty definitive there at the end that you felt like you were retired from coaching. But now, you know, uh, going back into the XFL with the Dallas Renegades, what was it about this opportunity that made you want to get back in the game? Well, a lot of things. It just seems to fit my family and I right now. Uh, Dallas uh, is well, is a short drive, two and a half hours down the road. Um, you know, it just sort of fit me. Um, I, I really believe in our leadership and, and playing good, exciting football that, that people are going to enjoy watching. Uh, you know, with our commissioner, Oliver Luck, and our owner, Vince McMahon, uh, you know, two very accomplished people. Uh, we've already got great uh, national TV contracts uh, in place with national broadcasts on uh, ESPN, ABC, and Fox. Um, so a lot of it just added up. Uh, we'll kick off the season in February right after the weekend after the Super Bowl. Uh, ten, uh, ten week schedule, uh, February, March, and April. And, uh, you know, with a one playoff game and a championship game. So anyway, I'm, uh, I'm excited about the opportunity. All right, well, I wanted to give you the opportunity here to uh, go ahead and announce that uh, Landry Jones is going to be your quarterback, right? No, that isn't correct yet. Uh, they're <laughs> still, I'm just playing. They're, uh, the offices are still working on uh, how they're going to you know, select or allocate uh, quarterbacks. That's something that's still a work in progress, so we'll see where it goes. All right. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, reading through your book I was really struck by is, is how much you talked about the mentoring that you received from other coaches, the relationships you had, you know, guys like Bill Snyder, Steve Spurrier, Lou Holtz. Um, one of the things that someone in the media, you know, was telling me about uh, after you decided to step down at OU was the respect that, you know, that you kind of have um, among your peers in coaching, you know, the fact that you're really well liked and they all thought really, I mean, for the most part, you know, the consensus was that you were really thought well uh, highly of, you know, did you make that kind of a priority during your, your tenure to be, you know, to be that kind of guy trying to, to be, uh, you know, was that something, you know, having the respect of your peers, was that important to you? Well, uh, it is important to me, but did I ever go about trying to make it so? No, uh, that I just did my job the way I thought it, should be done. Uh, I've always believed in integrity and respect uh, with for other people, but do things the right way. Um, you know, I've told my coaches times, uh, I'll lose before I cheat. So do it the right way. You know, we're going to do things the right way. And I've just 
just how I am. You know, I, I just believe in that. And so did I make it my mission for other people to like me? No, uh, not, not by any means. Um, but, you know, I do respect everybody in this profession and how they go, you know, how they work and how hard it is. So I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I think the, the best compliment I ever got is when they did pull all the coaches around the country and who would you want your son to play for? And I, I was the top guy or me and someone else, I can't remember. But bottom line is that that does make you feel that you've done things the right way. And, and I always have cared for my players in a, in a positive way and treated them with respect. And, but, but also we all together had success. Right. So, you know, when your brother Mike last year, um, was interviewed, you know, after uh, he left the program, he talked a lot about uh, his ability to kind of communicate and get through to players. I mean, did that change a lot while you were in coaching? Did you feel that? No, I don't think it's all that much different, you know, and, um, you know, care for players and you got a great relationship with them. They're going to listen to you and work with you. And, um, you know, it may be a little bit different today's world that, you know, what, with the devices that are in their hands all the time. But in the end, uh, you know, there's still, um, you still got to be able to, to connect with them in, in whatever way, you know, whatever way that you can. And, and you know, when you do, they'll, they'll listen to you. So, you know, obviously you also had some players that came through that, you know, had, had their own personal troubles off the field, you know, guys like Dusty Dvorak or Joe Mixon that, you know, you were there to try to kind of help them work through that. I mean, you know, how hard is that as a coach? I mean, you know, you're you're there ostensibly to coach football, you know, but you're then, you know, presented with these other really kind of uh, difficult issues that, I mean, are just, you know, society-wide, you know, violence or addiction, that type of thing. I mean, mental health. I mean, how hard is that for a college football coach to really to really deal with? And, you know, how, how equipped do you feel that uh, to deal with that as a coach? Well, it's always, there's always challenges when you're working with 18 to 22 year olds, um, you know, that you care deeply about, uh, you know, there's you know, they're not just numbers or commodities to us. They're, they're people that, you know, that, you know, that we care for and, and, and you know, so personally. So, uh, anyhow, that, that's just part of the job when you have 110 players on your team, there's going to be issues weekly, daily that, you know, you Everything, you know, all situations are different, and you you do your best to, you know, to treat them the right way, and uh, you know, and to work with these young people the best way that you can, and and use your administration and your other people that are that are involved in the program with you, you know, for for help as well. Do you feel like there needs to be more resources for college football programs when it comes to kind of helping players through all the different, you know, uh, you know, challenges off the field? Oh, we have them, you know, all kinds of different resources that, that from academic assistance to, you know, psychologists, uh, psychologists on staff, to, we got everything possible, you know, to, to help, you know, with all of our athletes, not just football, you know, and our, all these major universities anymore are, are very equipped to deal with, um, you know, with the, the many issues that come with all our different athletes. So moving to stuff that's on the field right now, I mean, you know, you look around the Big 12, it seems like, 
the reputation of the conference may be changing just slightly insofar as they've had to deal with, you know, all these high-powered, high-octane spread offenses. Now you've got, you know, defensive coordinators trying to figure out how to stop them. I mean, do you feel like the – are they making strides, do you feel like, to, you know, kind of figure out ways to kind of slow some of these offenses down? Uh, not really. I, I think <laughs> what you're seeing now is Big 12 offenses spread to other leagues, and they're having success as well. So welcome to our world that we've been dealing with for the last 12 years. So, uh, you know, that's uh, it's even spreading to the NFL. So anyhow, um, you know, it's, it's difficult just the, the innovation of, you know, some of these offenses and the ability to run or pass on certain with certain plays. It's It's challenging and tough, you know, Especially when you know the quarterback's a uh, quality and a good player, then it really makes it hard. Right. Do you feel like maybe that uh, they need to look at changing some of the rules to tilt the playing field back a little bit in favor of the defense? I mean, gosh, you know, when you look at RPOs, I don't know how uh, you know you're, really defenses are supposed to stop those anymore. No, they're, they're, we're not going to be changing many rules for the defense. That never happens. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so I guess uh, your assessment of uh, Alex Grinch, you know, you were a defensive coordinator. He's uh, been, you know, charged with bringing, uh, bringing things back there in Norman. How do you feel about uh, what he's doing with the defense so far this year? Uh, they look good. I think they've done a really good job so far. Uh, you know, we've created a bunch of negative plays and, and uh, not just turnovers, but lost yardage plays, things like that. So uh, I think he's doing an excellent job so far. Um. All right. So, you know, now that you are, well, we're semi-retired, I guess you're not retired now anymore, but what was one thing that you really wanted to do in retirement? You know, I mean, like, you know, did you want to travel? Did you want to, you know, take up a new hobby? I mean, did you, did you give that any thought? Uh, you know, I, I, I have uh, traveled more. I have, uh, you know, golf more. More than anything, I just, when I stepped out, uh, one of the, Main reason I just wanted more of my own time in my own space, uh, and and I felt complete at, at Oklahoma. I had done everything and been there 18 years. I just felt it was the right time for me. Uh, I knew the right guy was there to take it over, and that would continue to push the program forward uh, in a positive way. And I knew I had a mature, experienced team that would really handle it well. So all of that came true, you know. So. Uh, uh, it was just the right time for me. How do you feel about uh, you mentioned your you know experienced team there? You know, how do you feel about how Lincoln's handled the whole thing? I mean, what what makes him such a successful coach so far in his career? Well, everything. He's got poise. He's smart. Uh, you know, he's a great play caller, but he's a great he's a great head coach as well. He relates uh, really well with all the players. Um, you know, to motivate them and. And, uh, you know, so all of it together, he's just, uh, he's got experience beyond the, his age. And, uh, you know, and he's only going to, he's just scratching the surface. He's only going to continue to get better. 
All right. Last thing here, Coach. You know, a lot of college football is moving now towards, you know, looking at the postseason, the playoff. Uh, You know, it it kind of, in my opinion, makes it harder to kind of appreciate, um, you know, kind of the the things like rivalry games or, you know, just, you know, for a lot of programs, even just getting to, uh, you know, a major bowl is an accomplishment. Uh, I mean, did you ever feel that way during your career? I mean, a place like Oklahoma, the expectations are really high. Yeah, um, I, to, I, I never felt any different pressure. The pressure is all of us. I mean, no one can make me feel more pressure than me. You know, at the end, of, I'm, you know, I, I want to win. And uh, so, you know, for us, it was always begin with being your conference champion, which we have been, you know, a lot. I know we had, I had 10 and then Lincoln's got two in a row, you know, so we, you know, wanted to be, you know, Big 12 champs and and then hopefully qualify for the playoff or the CS back in the day. And we did that a good number of times and uh, compete for a national championship. You know, we've competed for, I know I was in four games. We won one, the first one we were in. And, and uh, you know, that's what you push for. And, uh, you know, when you, when you don't get it, you're, you're, you're disappointed, but you, you keep, you know, you keep working towards it. All right, last one, Coach. Uh, how do you feel about Jalen Hurts, what you're seeing so far out of him at quarterback for Oklahoma? Uh, Jalen's been awesome. Uh, you know, he's uh, doing a great job, just an incredibly talented guy with his arm and and, and legs both. A really sharp, hard worker. So uh, he's doing an excellent job, you know, to this point. And believe, believe he'll only keep getting better again with, uh, you know, as he as he gets more and more comfortable as the season goes. All right. Well, Coach, I really do appreciate your time. Thanks so much, and best of luck to your new venture there with the uh, XFL. Thank you. Great, for, great to be with you. All right. That was Bob Stoops, former coach of the Oklahoma Sooners, now the head man with the Dallas Renegades of the XFL. You can also find his new book, No Excuses, anywhere books are sold. Thanks so much to Coach Stoops for joining us, and thanks to you for joining us, too. If you're liking what you're hearing, please make sure to rate, review, subscribe, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. For the Blayton Homers and Podcasts, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy.